Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey. Oh, Recorded live. So, uh, I see we have quite a few people on the call. So, uh, let's start by taking roll. Give me one second. All right. All right. So, uh, let's see. Sushant, are you on the call? Yep. Hi, Sushant. Uh, Stephen was on, on the 15th. Let's see. So, it's Kelly. Uh, Patsy. I'm here. Hey, Patsy. Hey. Uh, Tom. I'm here. Hey, Tom. Uh, Amina? I'm here, and hopefully Hi. I can stay. <laughs> Ellie. Here. Hi, Ellie. Cool. Mar. Mar, going once. Going twice, which will hop on in a bit. Brian. Hello. Hello. Chris Tompkins. Here. Hi, Chris. Um, hey. Mike. Here. And the Gangsta of Love. I'm here. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Marge has hopped on, I believe. Uh, wait for her to unmute. Is that Mar? Yes, I'm here. All right, everybody's here. Love it. Okay, guys. Hi, yes. everyone. Good. So, uh, Mar, why don't you pray us in? And uh, we'll start there. So I'll invite everyone else to, uh, you know, do the do, mute out your handhelds, and um, we'll let Mar... Uh, I guess uh, plug us in. Great. I'm so grateful for this space that's being held for everybody. Everybody's here. Grateful for this community. Grateful for the experience of gathering together and learning and coming together as one. I offer up any feelings of doubt or insecurity, any feelings of feeling less than. I declare that we're all one. I declare that that we're all here to learn and to support one another, I declare that we are perfect, full, and complete just the way that we are. And I share this with everyone. 
And so it is. So it is. So it is. It is. Amen, amen. All right. Oh, beautiful, Mar. Yes, good. So, um, Patsy, would you like to give us just a quick update? We've been uh, holding you in prayer. Uh, share what you'd like to share so we can continue to just uh, know the truth for you. But if there's anything else you'd like to uh, just give us a little uh, check-in with your your health and wholeness. Well, I'd, I'd like to just to start by thanking you all so much for the space that I absolutely felt you holding and continuing to hold through all of this. It's just, it's been the most amazing thing to feel just enveloped in all of that love and warmth and goodwill and, and strong belief. And so I, I'm, I'm just, I don't even have the words to express how grateful I am for all of you and for that, but thank you so much. Um, and I really do believe that so much of what's transpired over the past week uh, so positively has been a direct result of that energy. So um, I'm really appreciative of that. And it's really, it in so many ways, has reaffirmed my faith. So I, I thank you. Um, there's a lot of tedious medical detail I won't go into, but the short of it is that... Um, uh, all good, like everything that's been found, it's beautiful because it's just created the opportunity to um, to really ha- to have the knowledge to go forth and and uh, clean everything up and and get me in the absolute best shape so that I can continue to do what I'm meant to be doing here. And so I have some procedures that are scheduled. They're not nearly as invasive as they might have been, which is great. Um, I had. Uh, I have one of one of the auto, autoimmune disorders with which I was diagnosed yet uh years ago. Uh they have no sign of it now. And they they don't know if uh, you know the the conversation that's being had with the medical professionals is that I was just misdiagnosed. But <clears throat> the truth is that the main reason I was diagnosed with it was because there were serious problems in my adrenal system and when they did the full body scan of me this past week there's no evidence of that at all my adrenal system is absolutely perfect so um that was i i I choose to see that as the miracle that it is that it's just just isn't there um and in terms of the issue that i was having with being able to still having issues with not being able to ingest solid food but they ruled out anything like esophageal cancer or anything like that so that's a beautiful thing Um, and they're continuing to do tests to figure out exactly what's been happening there and there were answers that were provided for things that I've suffered through for in excess of six years and now we have absolute answers and we know what's happening and we can go in there and and get it right so um, just continue to Keep me in heart and mind as I go through all of this that I, you know, continue to be faith-filled and and um, believing the best for myself along with everyone else who appears to be believing it. And that's pretty much it. And so it is. So it is. Well, you're very loved, Patsy. And um, I, I'm knowing that this is simply your body rejuvenating itself and restoring itself so you can... Get her done. Mm-hmm. So, beautiful. 
All right. Well, thank you for sharing, and we'll continue to hold you in prayer, and uh, as we hold everybody in prayer. And um, Ellie, you had a new addition to the family. You want to share real quick about that? I did. I um I got a puppy. I have to pick him up next week because he needs a shot. He's only nine weeks old, and um he just is just the cutest little thing. I've been looking for um. Because uh, I originally got my dog, uh, Raphael, but he got so attached to Carey's sister because we also live together that he spent half his time there. So I was like, oh, I'm really missing, like, that connection. So um, I, found, I found another. I've been searching and searching for months, and then I finally found him um, <laughs> in Norco, of all places, Norco, California. About And um, what was so funny is that Carey had to get, you know, she has chickens. She wanted to get two more silky chickens. And I said, I, found, I finally found the dog. And she's like, finally, where? And I said, in Norco. She goes, get out. That's where I have to go from, to pick up my chickens. <laughs> we both had to go to the same place, and it was a mile away from each other. So wow. That was cool. Yeah. Talk about Great. Fate. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, uh, my puppy, when I got my puppy a couple years ago, he really was such a masterful teacher. I'm, I'm petting him right now. He's asleep next to me here. He was such a masterful teacher in helping me release any attachment to material possessions. Because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he ate everything. <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful teacher. <clears throat> Anyhow. Well, you, you know, I've been looking up, I'm, I'm just trying to find a name for him. Nothing's fitting so far, but I was looking up names and their meanings. And do you know Jesse means wealth? Like wealthy, m- abundance? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just I thought we were laughing. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Corey and I were laughing last night. We're like, oh my god. (laughs) Uh huh. Yeah. So there you go. Man of wealth. And so it is. And so it is. Amen. Beautiful. Um, cool. Well, listen. Um, now that we're all caught up, does anyone else have anything they'd like to share real quick? Tom, how was the wedding? His sister got married. It was great. My sister, I gave my sister away with my brother, and we had friends, and it was it was wonderful just to be together. And we had uh, I surprised my sister with a dance, uh, and uh, it was the um, Over the Rainbow by the guy from Hawaii, the Hawaiian oh, version. Uh-huh. And uh, everybody cried on that, and it was uh, wonderful. And I gave her a toast, and it was very good. Beautiful. Love it. I love weddings. So I love now married. I love crying weddings. That's great. <laughs> so. Taken care of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Beautiful. Great. Beautiful. And uh, Lisa, how, how has it been out there pimping for God, pimping to love this this, uh, <laughs> this week, our gangsta of love? <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love you, Lisa. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I don't know. I'm not gonna let it go. I, not not for a little bit. I have to. You have to let me just hold on to that just for a little longer, Lisa, because I still get a, It still makes me laugh. <laughs> so um, I'd like to talk just a couple minutes about next quarter. Uh, so we have. Uh, we're going to do some review today, and then next week uh, we're going to do our final exam. Now, how that's going to work is this, like this. 
You're going to call in per usual. And then on the call, uh, you're just going to have your phone next to you. Um, and I'm going to uh, present a question. And then you will write the question down. And then you will uh, write the answer. And there will be little uh, short essay questions. And then, uh, so during the process of this, and I suggest everyone do this on your computer unless you have to write it down. Um, uh, we'll do a series of questions. It's not going to be too long or anything like that. And then at the end of class, you will email me your answers. And so it's like taking a test in class, uh, except um, we'll be doing it on the phone, and then you'll email me the answers afterwards. And we're just going to experiment with that format and see how it works, okay? Uh, and then we have a couple of weeks off. Um, maybe you guys can enjoy your Saturday mornings, sleep in, and do whatever it is that you do on Saturday mornings if you're not calling into practitioner class. And then uh, the second week of May, second Saturday of May, we'll start up again. And um, we also have a really exciting new group forming for the other practitioner course. Some people from out of state as well. Um, Inspire Seattle is starting to form. My master plan is coming, is unfolding effortlessly. Um, really great group. And um, there are, I'm going to, my intention is to team everybody uh, in the new group with one of you uh, and develop a mentorship program sort of thing where they can call you. Maybe you can set up a call once a month to check in. They, you can review the material with them. That you can uh, support them in any way that they need to be supported something like that. So um, if anyone feels like they just don't have the time to mentor, email me you know, and just say, hey, just don't consider me. It's going to be a smaller group, so not everyone will have a mentee. But, um, but again, um, I already have a couple ideas. But if you really just don't feel like you're, you're, you're really complete with your schedule right now, just let me know. And uh, I'll honor that. I'll respect that. Um, so next quarter, we will be looking at, um, I almost decided to do something different, but I think, um, I think that it actually is going to work out nicely because we're going to bring Byron Katie a little bit into next quarter in the terms of we're going to start developing skills for uh, spiritual mind treatment and spiritual counseling. Um, my intention is to have everyone feel, be completely um, grounded in your skills as a counselor uh, and being able to really clearly do some powerful mind treatment, spiritual mind treatment, by the time you graduate this program. And so um, how it's going to look next quarter is this. Mike uh, Murnkovich, this one's for you. There's going to be no written assignments next quarter. No written homework next quarter. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but we will. <laughs> but with that said, we're going to be working with three books. Four, technically, if you're counting the Byron Katie booklet, but I feel like we know that pretty well. Uh, we're going to be working with three books. The books will be Spiritual Economics by Eric Butterworth, a fantastic book that under that really teaches prosperity. I mean, teaches it. So um, 
Spiritual Economics by Eric Butterworth. Uh, and then a book, I'm not looking at it right now, but it, I believe it's How to Use a Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes. And so what it does is it, this, it's a very small book. I think it's 100 pages. Uh, and it's about how to do treatment, how to do mind treatments, how to apply the principles of the science of mind into your work as a practitioner. Now, the third book we will not be reading in class. Spiritual Economics has 12 chapters. So I intend to read in class one chapter with each other in class a week. Each class we will read, the first hour will be with spiritual economics, and we will read together a chapter and then discuss. And that will be the first hour of class, reading a chapter and discussing. The second hour of class will be dedicated to beginning to practice um, counseling and mind treatment. And so we will review... um, a chapter from uh, How to Use the Science of Mind. They're, very sh- they're shorter chapters, so it'll be really easy to do this. And so we'll read it, talk about it, and then we'll start uh, the application process. So you'll be practicing that in class, okay? And then the third book is a book by Ernest Holmes called uh, This Thing Called You. This Thing Called You. Now, The reason there will be no written work is because your final project for next quarter will be an essay. You will turn in an essay on the book, This Thing Called You. Okay? I haven't determined what the uh, length minimum will be, but I'll let you know at the beginning of the quarter. And so your job is to read the book, This Thing Called You, um, throughout the quarter. So about three months you have to read the book and then uh, to write uh, an essay on it. And it will be due towards the end of the quarter. The essay will be due towards it. So two books you'll be reading in class. We'll be reading in class. And then you have this thing called you, which you'll be reading on your own and submitting an essay on at the end of the quarter. Um, And I say that we'll incorporate the Byron Katie just because when we start really doing the – spiritual counseling part, when we start practicing that and mind treatment stuff, uh, we'll incorporate the four questions into it and turnarounds and stuff like that. Um, Does anyone have any questions about that, about our next quarter? I had a question. Are we going to finish up the the book on radical forgiveness and do that process or what? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Radical forgiveness, um, actually, my intention was actually to get to chapter 14 uh, in radical forgiveness because I feel like that lays the foundation of the philosophy. And that's what I was interested in sharing with everyone is the, is, um, the philosophy. And we'll actually get, we're, as we review radical forgiveness today, I'll get into a couple things that I've learned uh, doing this uh, and actually get your feedback on it. But uh, the first 14 chapters, I feel like, lays a really solid foundation as to what radical forgiveness is and how you can use it in your own life. Now, the theme of this quarter was what? Does anyone remember what the theme of this quarter is? It's the thoughts we think. The thoughts we think. And so we started with, uh, exploration of the subconscious mind, 
and Byron Katie. And what that does, you know, Byron Katie, how she stop and go into inquiry about the thoughts you're thinking to see, is it true? Is what I'm thinking actually true? Subconscious mind teaches us exactly how our conscious mind and subconscious mind work with, work with each other. And radical forgiveness, um, I chose to bring radical forgiveness into this because it gives us a new way to think about what happened in our past and a new way to think about the challenges that we face in our daily lives. What if, instead of thinking that this sucked or this was bad or that person was evil, what if we were able to change our mind and think, wait a minute, what if this is all supporting me in fulfilling what it is I'm here to do? What if this is all helping me uh, believe that my greatest good is always unfolding? And if anything else, if we, can, if we leave this program with anything, or at least this quarter or this, this, uh, this first year with anything, is a solid belief that our, our greatest good is always unfolding. And so radical forgiveness, I think, is a really useful tool that we can use, and if we master it, to support us in always going right into inquiry whenever we are confronted with anything or anyone that seems to oppose us or challenge us or attack us. We can stop and think, huh, just today I was talking to my dear friend, and she had, um, she has what appears to be the opportunity to sue a doctor for malpractice because of his um, uh, shoddy work and how he rushed through it because she went to the hospital on Thanksgiving and he didn't want to be there. He uh, botched the operation and uh, she was bleeding internally for uh, about almost a week. And so she's so angry. She's so hurt. She feels defiled. She feels attacked. She feels victimized. And she knows that, she, that those feelings don't do anything. And so she kept sharing the story, and she enrolled so many people, including her physician, her current physician, her next-door neighbor who's a lawyer, everyone that is affirming that you have been victimized and you should do this man for malpractice. And so today I was listening to it, and she knows that she's upset, and she doesn't want to be. And I said, well, and I explained a little bit of the philosophy of radical forgiveness. I said, what if? I was like, where else has this feeling of someone, maybe even like a wealthy white man, uh, taking advantage of you, victimizing you, um, having power over you? And she goes, huh, you know, my whole life. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So what if you were able to become willing to, you know, just play with the idea that maybe this happened, that this guy on the soul level went through this experience with you to support you in healing that. And the way you can heal that is by practicing this method. And she said, well, I'm willing to put on the affirmation that I'm willing to find a way to forgive this man. And I can start there. I think that's a great start. But you see how that tool, like if you're in a situation similar to that, you can stop and say, okay, I feel really victimized by this. But I know that I'm not interested in carrying around a victim archetype anymore. So since I'm freeing myself from that, what is the opportunity here? And that's when radical forgiveness becomes one of the most valuable tools you can pull out from your, your toolkit. Um, but 
any, and honestly, from chapter 15 on, it gets really into mysticism, and we're just not there yet. And I uh, actually question the thought of maybe this was too soon to bring this book in, but I don't think it is. But the first 14 chapters really lays a strong foundation. Uh, this uh, 15 onwards goes into deep mysticism, which we're not even going to uh, look at until second our second year. So we might revisit this book. You know, um, we might bring it back up. But for for now, I feel like we're we're complete with it. Um, but since we're talking about radical forgiveness, why don't we begin here with our review um, review of it? Um, does anyone have uh, anything that they'd like to share? about radical forgiveness, their favorite parts, things that they didn't quite agree with, things that they're really taking away, um, any, anyone applying this into their life and seeing um, results. What is your experience with radical forgiveness? The floor is open. Um, I'll share this. I um, there There's so much about this book that really resonates. Um, I have to admit that I <clears throat> I often got really tripped up on the reading assignments. There would you know, I'd be kind of uh ambling along pretty well and going, Yeah, 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 that feels right and then I'd stumble on a group of sentences that would just everything inside me would go, No way. Um and you know, then trying to sort of step back and see that for what it is. Well, are you resistant to this? Why are you resistant to this? What is it about it that you're resistant to? Um, uh, and the, the thing that made it a little easier to get through those moments is the fact that regularly throughout the readings, he would say, listen, this is just, you know, if if it's something you can attach to and believe, great, it's here. If not, great, it doesn't change the fact that this works so um that was sort of the thing that helped me kind of get over those humps a bit you know some of the assumptions um and um i think the most interesting stuff for me was stuff that revolved around um medical stuff health stuff because of my own history um so yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just making that comment that I, I did have moments of really struggling with some of the content in terms of it feeling true to me. You know, Patsy, I just had something come up because um, I actually contemplated this with you in mind as well, especially around the body. Yeah, mm-hmm. reading it, I was like, oh, Patsy will probably find some stuff in here. <laughs> and yeah. you know what just literally came up in my mind was what if it's your body that you're supposed to practice radical forgiveness with? Yeah. That's not an outside person, but actually the vehicle that you're, that's taking you around this lifetime. What if uh, it's this, what if like in some way, you know, you, you agree to experience all of these, what seems to be like, you know, medical crisis, body crisis stuff in order to uh, heal something. I'm not, and that's for, that's your work, you know, but it's a possibility to put on the table. Maybe it's your body that on a soul level is supporting you in, in this, you know, maybe the forgiveness is with, with yourself. 
It's quite possible, yeah. I mean, it's probably Mar. You have to forget, <laughs> but but maybe it's your body. <laughs> yeah, but it's something interesting to really uh, contemplate. See what you come up with. Yeah. <clears throat> Beautiful. Um, who else would like to share? Brian, I know you've had some real experiences with radical forgiveness. Would you like to share anything? I'm I'm pretty much all forgiven doubt. <laughs> but why don't um, you share some of your uh, some of your process, like uh, that you worked with, or some of the light bulbs that went on? Um, nothing. Uh, nothing comes to mind. I mean, I the only uh, I had a couple opportunities, and I've I've I did the the process with them. We did the uh, Byron Katie with with Adam um, when I had the upset uh, about that. I hugged him, and he and he thought that might be invasive, and uh, I I realized you know we did the Byron Katie work, and and that was all cleared up, and he came back in my life stronger than ever. He hugs me and kisses me all the time now. It's like all I had to do was have it be my responsibility for how I be with him. And I have, I have always, I'm with an open heart now with him and his heart has opened up and uh, he, he hugs me and, and kisses me and sits by me and puts his arm around me all the time now. <laughs> Uh, and then the other one was I'm with my mom and, and, uh, just constantly working to, uh, not hold any anger in and not hold any feelings of resentment and, uh, accepting that, that I've chosen to be here and, uh, that I don't, uh, I don't want to be anywhere else. I, I think about if I could be anywhere else, what would I be? What would I be doing? And I'd be worried about mom. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So everything's everything's running smoothly here. Beautiful. Hey, it's Mike. Um, I really uh, what I love about the radical radical forgiveness is that it just. Uh, I don't know, it just really helps me get out of the victim mentality. And that's something that I've always kind of struggled with. Um, and just, there's just such a, like, a, an ease about it. And and uh, just like Patsy was saying, that, you know, there were some moments where, like, there would be something that would challenge what I believe. And, you know, even just, the, you know, the previous, the material previous, uh, you know, that we've gone over and the uh, the Byron Katie work really, you know, helps with this too. I think it's a perfect, you know, pair. Um, 
that, like, you know, in those moments where I felt, like, challenged in my beliefs or whatever, I'm able to kind of contemplate and and even just, like, you know, even if, like, something didn't necessarily, you know, mesh or whatever, like, just, you know, have the the acceptance even by the author to be like, you know, you you know, you, you don't necessarily have to attach yourself to this, but, you know, it doesn't really make a difference, but that's just, you know, it's what's being presented. And, you know, there is just like an acceptance in that. But, you know, um, I just, I really do love the material and it makes a lot of sense um, on so many levels. And like I said, just very easy to, uh, not easy, but just like a very enlightening way of like taking yourself out of the victim mentality for sure. Beautiful. Do you feel like you, um, uh, do, could you share any more about that? Like, uh, like a specific experience that, uh, you really saw that you were holding yourself as a victim and you were able to heal that? Well, right now I'm dealing with a, <laughs> with a lot of like financial stuff. <laughs> um, so like last week I was, um, I wasn't in class because I was, uh, getting my taxes done and just like not it was like not a pleasant experience let me just tell you (laughs) I mean like you know I owe a lot of money with back taxes and yada yada and you know there was like my my work you know was taking out California state taxes and I didn't catch it and you know that means New York state and city tax hasn't been paid all year. And so there's just all this, like, mess, challenge, (laughs) you know. And so, like, I I really felt myself slipping into this, like, you know, why me? Like, why is this, you know, like, oh, you know, like, after everything, you know, just, like, all those thoughts, you know. And, uh, and, but, you know, also knowing that, like, there, you know, like, there's, you know, there, everything happens perfectly. So, like, the lesson, you know, that I I'm, I wasn't seeing in that moment was just, like, I'm an opportunity to learn and to become more financially aware of my finances or just how, you know, you know, filing taxes works and like the right you know boxes to check and you know so turning it more into like okay you know there's you know there there's something here for me to learn and kind of like just to know that like you know not you know be hard on myself because you know I made some mistakes you know like I checked the wrong box I claimed too many people or you know uh, dependents just things like that and and just like okay like I'm able to like not flip into this victim mode. I'm I'm understanding that, you know, there's nothing to forgive. Everything is happening, you know, for my benefit. Uh you know, especially just, you know, a lot of like financial issues are coming up um in my life, you know, where I'm, you know, having to finally look at this fear that I've been, you know, hiding from for so long and look it in the face and and start to heal. And so, you know, I feel like the work 
between the bio and Katie and the radical forgiveness, and then just everything up until this point has like prepared me for this um, this opportunity to heal, to grow, and to learn, and to you know make my future what I want it to be, which is to not have debt. <laughs> so well, has you so have you prayed or to are are really uh, become intentional around healing stuff around money? Um, I'm sorry, can you ask that again? Yeah, I, I was just saying, like, you know, in the past or, you know, have you really prayed for clarity around money and and to ask to, uh, you know, for support in healing um, your relationship with money? In the past? Yeah. Or in, no, not in the past, no. But you've become intentional around that lately? Yes. Yeah, okay, great. So this is your answered prayer unfolding itself, right? Yes. My yeah, prayers so, are coming true. <laughs> well, you're you're it's 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 making you uh strengthen a new muscle and uh it's teaching you how to get clear with your um finances, right? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Great work. That's really wonderful. Can anyone tell me, and Mike, this is a, 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 this is a continuation of this conversation, can anyone give me a good definition of consciousness? What is our consciousness? It's our awareness. Awareness uh, on whatever level our... Our full level, or the, and the subconscious, is a awareness that we get life and and our connection to the higher awareness. Yeah, I think that that's definitely an element of it for sure. It's is it it's a filter for the subconscious. Uh, a bit, yes. I'm going to give you guys, and I'm going to encourage everybody to write this down, and we're definitely going to explore this more with spiritual economics, the next, uh, our next book. Our, our consciousness is the sum total of our thoughts. The sum total of our thoughts. So, when we talk about shifting our consciousness, changing our consciousness, what we are doing is we're changing our thoughts. And when enough of our thoughts have been released or restored or changed, then we begin to see a different experience um, outpicture itself through our thinking, right? And that's why, like with Mike, like he's changing his mind about money. He's changing his mind about uh, prosperity. And so thought by thought, he's having to, like, there's not enough. Is that true? No, that's not true. There's plenty. There's plenty. And so step by step, he begins just thought by thought by thought by thought by thought by thought by thought, changing his mind. And slowly, like we talk about, penguin steps, 
what is unfolding is a new experience around money. Now, this opportunity to learn, which is forcing him to learn about taxes, learn about what boxes to check, learn about how much money to put aside so he can uh, feel comfortable around this time of year. All of that is unfolding in his awareness now to support his shifting consciousness. Or I should say it's uh, unfolding as a result of his shift in consciousness. So if our consciousness is the sum total of our thoughts, then literally it is change your mind, change your life. And that is why it's so important to do this work. I think it's important to do this work if you're interested in having a new experience. You literally have to change your mind if you're interested in having a new experience. But you don't know what you don't know. You know, like, uh, you know, doing games would be like, why do you think God would give you a million dollars if you do not know how to manage a hundred dollars? You know, but the truth is, like, you don't know how to manage a million dollars because you don't have a million dollars. That's not where your consciousness is right now. But as long as you begin to shift your consciousness, then maybe you will have the consciousness in order to manage a million dollars. But it's the difference between, like, that victim archi- uh, the victim archetype and releasing that by changing your mind about it, by shifting your thinking. And so... If you begin to shift your thinking one thought at a time, okay, maybe things don't happen to me, okay? Maybe I am responsible for my experiences. Maybe uh, my greatest good is unfolding. Maybe the best case scenario is available. And thought by thought that comes up, you go into inquiry. Is that true? Do I really believe that's true? How does it make me feel when I believe it? How do I feel without it? Okay, I'm going to release it. So you release it. That's affecting your consciousness. You're shifting your consciousness one thought at a time. Now, we love instant gratification. We want to be able to read a book and then be like, and so it is, bam. Well, that's not how it works because we have developed, we've dedicated years to developing stories that are packed full of thoughts, you know, about ourselves and about how the world works and operates. And so now we are thought by thought going in there. Now, the good thing about this is now that we have these tools is it helps us do it faster, Right? And so we're going through this, and we're uh, letting go of that which we're not interested in, and we're bringing in more of that which we are interested in. And that's how we begin to have a new experience in life. We change our mind about it. And that's the name of the game. Does anyone have any thoughts on that? I mean, that's the difference between... Okay, let's say, um, you know, something happens at work, okay? If you're, if you're in victim consciousness, then it's going to feel like an attack on you. If you're in abundance consciousness, then it'll be like, it will feel like something is happening for you. So you get fired from work. If you're in victim consciousness, it's going to be like, oh, my God, how, why? If you're in abundance consciousness, you're like, wow, I guess I've been spared from that experience. I guess I'm complete there. I wonder what's happening next. I can't wait to see. I trusted something great. Same experience, different consciousness, different results will unfold. 
Okay, so um, does anyone else have anything they'd like to share about uh, radical forgiveness? Anything they really like? Anything, any takeaway they're going to use? Um, this is Mara. I think, um, I think the biggest thing that I, I got from radical forgiveness was I'm a lot more conscious about stepping back and looking at the situation and seeing the lesson in things as opposed to reacting, which was always sort of the case, or as opposed to feeling like this person has done something to me, I think it's a, it's it's been easier for me to just look at the situation and see it for what it is and say, okay, what is it that I'm able to get out of this? And what am I supposed to learn out of this moment in time right now? So. Yeah, what's the opportunity? What's the opportunity? Right. The more of this work we do, the more I think my experience is, the more it becomes clear that each breath holds an opportunity to remember our true nature. Every conversation is another opportunity to remember our true nature. Every conflict holds the invitation to remember our true nature. And that you begin to realize that everything, everything, everything is working for you. Everything is in motion to support for your awakening, everything is if you choose to allow it to do such. Chris Tompkins, any thoughts? Anything you'd like to share on radical forgiveness? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot, uh, for the sake of time, I think kind of what Mar just really said for me is really allowed for me is with every situation, really being able to see it as a choice opportunity, you know, going from like looking at the situation as being, a lesson, like there, there's a lesson here, there's something here for me versus the reactive place of like, why is this happening? You know, that kind of thing. So for me, it's really, and although sometimes are easier than others with some situations, I think overall it's it's just having that awareness of, falling back on like, okay, this is really for something <clears throat> and being able to see the lesson or trying to at least be open to receive the lesson. Whether or not you receive it in the moment, a day later, even a week later, but just being willing to stay in that, hold that space for like this, there is a lesson here. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to invite everyone also to contemplate the possibility of uh, substituting lesson for opportunity. Uh, contemplate the, the, the contemplate the possibility of substituting lesson for opportunity. Um, because I find that me personally, when I'm so into like looking for the lesson, like um, 
sometimes you're looking for something that's not there sometimes as well. But there's always an opportunity. We can trust that. There's always an opportunity. There's always an opportunity. And um, and I think I'm channeling Jacob Black there when I say that uh, because he'll just say, God, that goes on. We can file that under, you know, uh, being spiritual, uh, being a part-time job. <laughs> But if we just accept, yes, there's opportunities. With every breath, there's an opportunity. But what's the opportunity? The opportunity is always to to be loved, to be loving. That's the opportunity in every every everything. You can always ask, what would love do? What would love do? What would love do? What would love do? You can ask, what would love do when you're at the grocery store? What feels loving to me right now? Is it getting fried chicken at the deli, or is it getting uh, salad at the salad bar. Uh, what feels loving to me right now at the mall? Is it just to do some window shopping or is it to make a, a purchase, an expensive purchase? What feels the most loving thing for me to do right now? Is it to, um, you know, is it to tell that woman that I just don't agree with her or is it just to listen? What's the most loving thing? What would love to? What's the most loving thing? Is it to pursue a lawsuit or is it to let it go. And sometimes the most loving thing to do is a lawsuit for you. You know, sometimes it is. But, you know, sometimes it's not. So there's always an opportunity with every time we feel triggered, every time we feel, even in the slightest annoyance, the slightest frustration is the opportunity. It's an opportunity to turn to love, to lean into love. And then we begin to develop the awareness to simply allow our authentic self to express is always that opportunity. I think too, for me, the radical forgiveness has kind of almost been like, like it's really stretched me. Like it's really pushed me beyond maybe where I was before and the things that I experienced. Um, like it really stretches. It's really stretched, like me past my maybe previous limits or capacity to, like where I was at. Now the things that are in my life that I've maybe experienced lately, or um, like applying this stuff, is stretching me beyond what I've used in the past, as an example. And even though it's not as maybe comfortable or clear right away it's kind of like sitting with that discomfort or challenge is where the growth is so I've kind of been holding on to that do you have an example um I think just in general like just things that have happened this week, you know? So being able to, like, apply radical forgiveness is stretching me beyond my comfort zone. And so looking at that as as growth versus, you know, because that's where change really happens, right, is when you're uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, but like, you know, if you're, you know, like an athlete, you know, you work out the same muscle 
you know, the change happens when you shock it or do something different. Yeah, it's a new experience. Oftentimes that feels uncomfortable for sure because it's unknown. It's an unknown territory. But often that, and it's a discomfort, which oftentimes usually makes people turn away, right? Yeah. The The invitation is, oh, yeah, but see, if you are willing to sit in the discomfort or move through the discomfort, on the other end of it is like, oh, okay, there it is. Oh, gross. What do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, I would like to say something about it. Yeah. Please do. Uh, I just want to say that it's really helped me. Before I even got into the practitioner program, I had in my mind that I really wanted to feel that I can live in this world where um, it's blameless for everybody, that nobody's, everybody's blameless. And to me, that was heaven. And I really wanted to be in that place. And all of these books have supported that, and I would say especially radical forgiveness for me. It's like um, I've been able to really see that everything that's done is kind of like a cry for help, a cry for love. And I can really um, see that the people are just crying out for love and everything they do. It all leads back to that. And um, that's what everybody wants. So it just has enabled me to kind of detach myself from all these negative emotions that I used to go through. It's less intense now. And it's it's very freeing. And it's what I wanted, too. It's exactly what I wanted. Yes. Um, Hold on one second. Uh, I'm looking something up that... Let me see. Uh, I forget exactly how Course in Miracles says it, but it says that everything is either a a cry for love or... uh, an invitation to love, something to that extent. I forget the exact wording. So, a call for uh, love or a cry for love? Yeah, it's a call to love or a cry for love, right? Yeah. Some, yeah, so, Lisa, what you're saying is so accurate, is that if someone is acting upset or mean or cool or whatever, it's a call for love, you know? It's a call for love. Of course it's a call for love. And, you know, and then when we extend kindness and compassion, when we practice non-judgment, when we see the innocence in our brothers and sisters, it's, uh, you know, it's, an, it's a call for love. It's an invitation to love. But that's a really great insight. And I really love how you said to live in a world of blameless, uh, where people are blameless. I just think that's such a beautiful way of saying that. Because it's true. People are blameless. Ellie? Yes. So I'm going to post this one more time because we talked about it at the beginning, 
we talked about it a couple, probably a couple times each quarter. So how are you doing with practicing radical forgiveness with your grandma? Um, you getting there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, the whole thing for me is that I kind of felt resolved when it came to her. Um, you know, I wrote her a letter like uh, two years ago, this long letter of forgiveness to her. And um, she called me, you know, she had called me crying, like saying, you know, that she was sorry and she was just trying to do what was, you know, what she thought was best and all this. And so I, I had forgiven her and I started having her a part of my life. And then, um, you know, then just the whole same cycle happened, like with school. She had promised, you know, that's why I was so shocked, you know, that she had promised me to show me with school and so that. And when it came down to pay, you know, I got into school. I did all hard, hard work. I got in. And when it came down to it, she completely did. She just, you know, did exactly what she did to me as a child. Um, so the pattern repeated itself. And that's why I was so shocked and hurt. Um, but it was the best thing because it wasn't one. It wasn't the path that I was supposed to walk down. Um, and it was just a reminder for me. I believe that the universe brought that disappointment and hurt again, a reminder as to um, the strength that I need. How do I explain that? The path that she had put, I went down a path that um, doing the psychology and, and, and going to school for that was because I didn't believe in myself and believe in my path of, of what my true dream was. And she was a representation of that in my childhood and in my life. So going down this path of school and then asking her for help with it and then her denying me the help of which she always told me the path I should go on, it was just a complete, um, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it was showing me that no matter what path I chose and no matter what I did, that nothing would have, um, she would have never shown up for me because that wasn't what her purpose was her purpose was to be my teacher and to not believe in me so that I had the strength to believe in myself and that um and to teach that to others so either way whether I went down the path of being an actor I went down the path of going to school in psychology she still did not show up for me and that was my lesson it had nothing to do with her you know it was it was about me and my path and my and my growth so, yeah, radical give, you know, it was a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, so now you can be grateful yeah. that she is support. She supported you in that. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, you know, guys, there is this, um, we can forgive, we can be absolutely forgive somebody. We can forgive someone, we can see their innocence, we can see their love, we can see that, oh, it was a cry for help. We can see the gifts that what they did uh, what it seemed like the way they behaved and how it seemed to have affected us, we can see them as a gift that supported us in getting where we needed to go. And we can still understand that that dog bites. That dog bites. I love them with all my heart, and that dog bites. Now, let's use that example. Like There could be like a Rottweiler in your neighborhood. And no matter what, you get close to the dog, it's going to bite you. Now, you can do all the forgiveness work on that dog. You can see the innocence of that dog. You can see that it is a beautiful expression of God on this earth. But if you get close to the dog, even in full forgiveness, the dog's going to bite you. It's not that you get to go and say, 
But I did forgiveness work on you. I see your innocence. I know that you're an extension of love and beauty. I am so grateful for that last time you bit me and all the work I had to do that I am just in so much love with you. How could you possibly bite me again? Well, the dog bites. That's what that dog does. That dog bites. So we're not magic like our, the work we do for ourselves doesn't necessarily mean that we have a magical effect on other people. Now, I do believe that we're all in mind. I do believe that we support people in healing by loving them completely, by seeing their innocence. But in the case with Ellie's grandma now, Ellie, maybe you know now, like, okay, chances are, uh, you know, uh, like, I love her. I see that she's innocent. I also know that she doesn't keep her word. That's okay. She doesn't have to. That's not her gig. If I expect her to keep her word, well, that's it's, it's, if I have a problem with her not keeping her word, it's just that I believe that she should, but she doesn't. That dog bites in that way. Does that make sense? Yes. It's, yeah, it's, it's about knowing something, like based off of, you know, uh, the past experiences that we've had every time consistently, chances are that dog probably is going to bite. Now, I've done all my work around it. I'm free, and I send them love, and I pray for their peace and their happiness, and I see the beauty and then the innocence in them. And if they choose, if they haven't recognized that about themselves yet, that's okay, too. That's fine. They're still perfect, whole, and complete. I still see their innocence. Doesn't mean I'm going to ask them to pay for anything going forward, but I still see their innocence. Does that make sense to everyone? I love that. I... I... That I love what you said, that the work that we're doing for ourselves, on ourselves, isn't some magic potion for everyone else, you know, because um, we really can get stuck in that space of, oh, my God, I did everything I was supposed to do, and this person's still being an asshole. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's when Byron Katie would say, oh, well, honey, it's just your thought that they shouldn't be an asshole that's creating misery in your life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let me just say once again to my friends, my colleagues, my uh, partners on this path, I am just, the work you guys have done this quarter, I, guys, I got to tell you, your level of comprehension, your level of willingness to apply these tools and the level of demonstration that you have been expressing has far exceeded what I thought could be possible uh, in a program like this at this point in the game that I uh, I really, we're, we're changing the trajectory of the path. And I just, I, I honestly, like my heart, I, I, I get so excited thinking about what this is going to look like in a year from now. Like when we, I don't know if we'll, we might be levitating by the time we graduate this program. You guys do this, graduate this program and are out there in the world. So I just think that it, I'm so excited to know that you all are going to be out there supporting other people, lifting other people up, loving other people. It gives me such like the um, vision of this community, inspire community has so expanded and grown. And I just, uh, I just can't wait. And I just, I, I, I bow to the brilliance and the genius in each and every one of you that is expressing itself so fully through your conversations, through your writing, and through your lives. So truly, I bow to each and every one of you. I'm so, I'm just, I'm proud of you guys. I really am. And uh, I feel so, one of my first experiences 
when I started Project Service back in the day is I thought everyone was excited to talk, have these conversations, and I found out a lot of people weren't interested. And I was like, what world have I been living in that I thought everyone was excited to have these conversations? Because I was like, so many people absolutely did not want to talk about this. And I thought for a long time the only reason I was doing this is because I wanted to find people that I can talk about God with. And um, you guys have so shown me the evolution of my consciousness to where not only are people interested in this, people are living it and people are sharing it and the whole world is benefiting from your commitment to do this work. And collectively together, I don't think there's anything we can't do. And I truly believe that. And so I breathe into your awareness the uh, magnificence that you have really been bringing, um, you know, and your willingness to continue to show up. And I just want to really, like, Ellie, I, I, I just want to say that the conversation we just had about your grandma today versus the conversation we had eight weeks ago has completely transformed, and that is a true testament to your willingness to really do this work. And the way that your life is blossoming is so magnificent and wonderful to see and I say that for each and every one of you like I can really feel the transformation so let's take a little break and then we're going to go uh, do a little review with Fire Katie work and Subconscious Mind and uh, then we'll go enjoy our Saturdays uh, so let's say uh, let's go back at 11.45 it's 11.37 now so a 7 minute break 11.45 Keep your phones on mute, but keep them on, and I'll see you then.
Okay, so we're back. 11.45. So, uh... To Sean, if you were going to, like, in one sentence, um, explain to someone what the philosophy of radical forgiveness is, what would it be? Is that everything is happening exactly as it should, and it's happening for your highest good. And, um, Great. It's happening for you. Yep. Great. Good. Perfect. Um, beautiful. So, Sushant, what has been your um, what's been your favorite thing about the practitioner course? What's been uh, a challenge for you? Um, I think my favorite part has definitely been the consistency of being able to apply these principles and to do it with people who are also doing it, and to hear about like shares and experiences and the support that you know I've gotten from. Uh, the other practitioners and you. Um, that's been my favorite part, and, and you know, learning like new new things and new information. Um, you know, so that's been my favorite. Just the support, the community, and the new information and applying these things. Uh, the part that's been a challenge for me has been, you know, uh, I feel like sometimes with the homework, like I've had weeks where I haven't been able to turn in homework or. Um, especially when my parents were here, like, you know, missing that, um, like, couple of weeks and just, you know, feeling like um, I might not be doing enough of it and stuff. So just just that has uh, been something that I've been working through and, you know, um, that's that's felt like a challenge, yeah. Cool, great. Um, let's go down the list uh, here. So, um, Patsy, uh, favorite takeaway and biggest challenge? Or a challenge? Um, gosh, I feel like I, I, I feel like I would just be repeating what Sushant said. Um, there have been a lot of takeaways in terms of just the actual content reading that we've done um but overall the course itself it's just been um i like the discipline that um that it's required to to do this sort of serious study and and to not just kind of go through the motions but to have it be some stuff that that's that's really being absorbed and then used in my day-to-day life and then knowing that there's a support system there of others who are having the same experience and and are as uh sort of, you know, as interested and impassioned by the material. The most difficult thing uh, for me has been um, uh, just having that be having that be something that I meet with integrity in terms of scheduling. And so there were some events early on in the session in this particular um, quarter where we were working on this film and it was just kind of sucking all the time and life out of us. Um, and I felt like I wasn't able to show up as the way I wanted to. And then I've had some homework assignment. There've been, you know, there's been a lot going on and, and it's just, it's been really challenging to be able to show up fully in terms of turning in the assignments on time. So that's been the, probably the biggest challenge. Great. Patsy, what could you name one of the four questions 
from the Byron Katie work? Just one. Is it true? Beautiful. Thank you. Um, Tom, uh, what has been your biggest takeaway and your biggest challenge? Tom, take it off. Uh, take it off speaker for a minute. Thank you. You can. You need to hear though, don't you? Tom, are you there? Hello. All right. We'll come back to Tom. Um, how about Amina? Biggest takeaway and biggest challenge. And I'm going to invite everyone else to put your nails on mute. Uh. Hold on, I'm just going to... Still needing to mute there. Yeah, there we go. All right. Um, so for me, it's, I think similar to Sushant and Patsy, the, the community has been such a resource, and I, I loved being on retreat together and seeing the fruits of our labor, seeing us really demonstrating. I've loved seeing the growth in each person and it's it's quite visible in every single person. So that feels great. I love what we're learning and doing. Um, I love the truth. I love the truth. And so, you know, when all of these pieces that we're studying say the same thing, they all agree, they all complement each other, they all build on each other, that to me is so fulfilling. Um, challenges, definitely the discipline of you know, the reading and the homework, keeping the schedule with my varying schedule. And, you know, at the times when I'm traveling, that is difficult sometimes with work things. Um, the other thing is for me is um, finding the balance between really desiring to be authentic and to share and participate, but figuring out when and how and how detailed. And sometimes I don't feel like sharing and sometimes I might share too much. So just really trying to strike that balance of you know being authentic and transparent but appropriate. And not shutting down when I don't want to share. Beautiful. And uh can you name uh another one of Byron Katie's questions? Uh, one of the four questions. Who would you be without that thought? Beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Ellie. Um, biggest takeaway and yeah. biggest challenge. What? Biggest takeaway and biggest challenge. My biggest, um, my biggest takeaway is working on not, not taking things so personal. I feel like I really have come, um, a long way in, um, being a situation and, um, being able to turn it to turn it around um, and take it off of me, and re- seeing that what is triggering that, meaning whatever, whatever that person is, uh, let's say someone um, talked crap about me behind my back, and I find out about it, and my feelings are still hurt. I have to look at the situation for why am I being triggered? You know, it helps me. Um, what I'm learning helps me see it from what is triggering me rather than being in victim consciousness. And um, 
and placing blame on the other person. But also recognizing that, like you said, that because I'm very forgiving um, and I tend to put myself back in a similar situation all over again because I'm forgiving. But like learning also that it's okay not to be back in this. Just because you're not um, forgiving doesn't mean having to put yourself back in a similar situation again. You could forgive the person without um, uh, in this. You don't have to be their best friend. And you don't have to be that person's friend, but you could still forgive. And I think forgiveness for me is not blaming and, and taking responsibility for uh, why you're being triggered, what, where it stems from with inside you. Um, and when the situation doesn't hurt you anymore in that same way, then I feel like that's where you peel. Uh, so that was, that's my takeaway. And um, my biggest challenge is opening up. Um, sharing, uh, asking for help. Um, Great. Beautiful. And uh, can you name another one of Byron Katie's questions so far? That's been... <laughs> yeah, that's, what's the turnaround? <laughs> <laughs> well, so far we got, is it true? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I mean, it said, who would you be without that thought? What are, there's two other, there's two other questions. What are they? Um, I thought one of them, well, what's the turnaround? What would, um, I remember her saying that. Um, let me think. Maybe a different terminology. So there's, there's four questions, and then you would go into turnarounds. So oh, four, okay. There's four okay. specific questions. And um, as you said, is it true? And Amina gave us, who would you be without that thought? Is it really true? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the second question is, can you absolutely know that that's true? Right. Yeah. So the first question is, the first question is, is it true? Second question is, can you absolutely know that that's true? Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Sure. And thank you for sharing authentically. Um, Mar, how about you? Biggest takeaway, biggest challenge. Ooh. Um, my biggest takeaway. Um, I'm pretty much going to echo everybody because I, I. I'm pretty much there. I think the one thing, the biggest takeaway for me has been mindfulness and stepping back. Um, I think um, just the growth. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me is is everything how much I've learned and and where I am as opposed to where I was before taking the course um and it's still evolving um, I think the biggest challenge for me i again have to echo everybody I think it's been the challenge of uh getting assignments done um That that part that that has been difficult for me in terms of being disciplined in that in that way. But um, that that would be it. I I think that's it. I I pretty much have to echo everybody else who's spoken before me. Um, Beautiful. Great. So do we, do you know what the final Byron Katie question is? There's so far we have. Um, uh, yeah. Who who would you be without that thought? 
Uh, Amina already gave us that one, so there's one oh, okay. more. Um, okay, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? You got it. That's it. Is it okay. true? Can you absolutely know that's true? Who would you right. um, how, um, how do you react? What happens when you believe it? And who would you be without the thought? The four right. questions. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Brian, how about you? Takeaway and challenge. Um, two takeaways. Probably the first and most important is my being able to be a part of a gay community. And this is where it gets interesting because I don't think of individuals, whether they're gay or straight or trans or whatever. And even myself, I, it's a safe space. And for me, being gay is very much being happy. Being that little kid, you know, that went around giving flowers to his, his friend's moms for, for Mother's Day and for May Day. I love being that innocent, happy, childlike, gay kid, uh, which also includes my sexuality. I love to hug. I love to kiss. I, I love my sisters and brothers. So the, the fact that we are an openly welcoming community is new for me. I've been in a lot of different spiritual communities, but this is the first one that really opens up to the diversity of us all. The other takeaway was during the retreat when we did the write out, when we wrote out our, our sins, our thoughts about ourselves. Um, and I think all of us had the reaction is like, okay, I can do this, but I'm sure as hell not going to share it. I don't want anybody to know my deepest, darkest thoughts and sins. And then you said to, to share it. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, you know, I, I had Steve, I, I guess it wouldn't matter to have everybody, but it was so fortuitous that we had pretty much the same lists. And I felt for the first time that I could actually share one of my darkest, deepest secrets and have it be okay, have it be forgiven, have it be understood. And so now I'm in a much better place of being able to share authentically the good and the bad, knowing that I can be supported and loved irregardless. Um, the challenge for me is there's there's a couple of them. Just like this share now, I, I don't necessarily feel that I get a lot of feedback. Sometimes I feel that I share too much or that I talk too much. Uh, and I and I and I don't feel sometimes support from the community in terms of of what I'm saying or what I'm doing. I feel a little alienated, and partially is is I don't get to be around you guys as much as I want. That it's difficult for me to come to different events. Um, and the other the other thing that bothers me a little bit is my superiority complex. <laughs> is that I I read this work and I devour it and I gobble it up and I, and I understand it. And then to read it again in class sometimes, for me, it's a little boring. It's a little, uh, instead of just reading it, I want more insights. I want more discussion. I think I want more group activity also. Um, so, that's, so that's, how does that sound? <laughs> Sounds honest. Thanks. Beautiful. Um, and, you know, thank you, uh, truly, thank you for sharing. Um, honestly, I uh, uh, 
I, I hear you, and you know, as a as a teacher, and I share this with all of you because you'll all be in this position um, sooner or later in which you are teaching, and you know, we all can do our very best. You know, you can always do your very best, but there will definitely come a point time, or maybe not. Maybe this is my journey, so I got to have the learning for you all, in which. Uh, you'll try to make everybody happy. Good luck with that uh, because that will never, ever happen. And uh, so what you realize is you can do your very best um, and there's no sense in developing a codependent relationship with your students or your congregation or whatever it is, your tribe in that, in that sense. And the codependent relationship in these terms means you know, somebody says, well, I want this, so you do that. And someone else says, well, I didn't like that, I want this, so you do that. Or, you know, it's that people-pleasing, trying to make everybody happy. Again, it is a uh, tireless um, uh, attempt that yields very little fruit uh, and a lot of headache. So, um, but with that said, it's so important to hear, to test the temperature of everybody. So, you know, like I, we did less reading in class this quarter uh, so people could talk about the reading and I noticed that there was a little less sharing than first quarter so I was like okay well it seems to me that the unit itself there seems to be sort of a middle ground there so since we're all in the beta testing um, aspect of this program uh, next quarter you're going to have outside reading and we're going to do reading in class, which will open up to a form of discussion. And maybe that will be the perfect medium. So you're not rereading the material. You're reading it in class and then we discuss. But you're, you're happy. You have all, you feel free to read it beforehand as well. So it will be a review and then which will open up to a discussion that you guys will lead. I'll facilitate. Um, and we'll see what develops out of that approach. And I trust that your experiences and you're willing to share, like Brian did, too, like we're all sharing, uh, is supporting the evolution of the program, which I believe is uh, just continues to evolve into something really, really cool and really beneficial for everyone. So thank you so much for sharing, Brian. Thank you. Um, and Brian, uh, what is one insight or one thing that you could share about the power of your subconscious mind? One takeaway. Um, it runs the show. Whether I like it or not, and whether I'm aware of it or not, the deep-seated subconscious thoughts that I have about myself and about life really form, formulate the universe and how it shows up in my life. Beautiful. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Chris Tompkins. Uh, takeaways and challenges. Takeaways, <clears throat> take excuse me, takeaways. Um, I think the overall material, is, I just, I think the material has, has really come at the perfect time um, for me and it's complimentary for Just the whole program, I think, in its whole, in, in, in its entirety. Um, I think, as far as challenges for me, has been 
the actual work, you know, just really being authentic and open and willing to share and process and experience the the work that we do in in, in class and also outside of, of class in our our day to day life in my, in my day to day life. That's such a beautiful thing to share, Chris, because, you know, I think that that is really, that truly is the work. And I think it's something that you'll observe a lot, everyone, you'll observe that, um, you know, people read a lot of books, but it's in the application of the teachings that you begin to demonstrate the miracles that are available when we practice it. But not a lot of people apply the principles. They get it. They get it on an intellectual level but they don't necessarily apply it, or as soon as it gets uncomfortable, they run away. So that's, I think, a perk of having a community and sort of an accountability system and a support group is that there are people here that says, well, where are you going? <laughs> what are you doing? Or some people that will reach out will say, hey, I felt like you were, you were triggered earlier. I just want to, you know, say that you're doing a great job or whatever. You know, people to help support you, lift you up, pick you up. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I think that just sharing, like, the material is really great and the challenge is actually applying the principles. You're, like, doing it is the big challenge. I think that's such a great insight, Chris, and one that um, I think is more insightful than maybe you understand, that, that you meant in the beginning because that really is, I think, uh, what differentiates, you know, the people who experience a lot of shifts in their life versus people that aren't. They know all the stuff, but it's not working. Why isn't it working? And it's because, well, you're not doing it. You know, you can read about it. You can read every book, and you can have whatever conversation you're going to have, but unless you do it, you're not going to see any change. So really great, great insight. Um, And Chris, could you share something, uh, take what you have from the power of your subconscious mind? That we can communicate with it. Can you give an that, example? That, you know, like Brian said, it it control it runs the show. And so having the awareness that we have the, although we may not be, it, it's not like the conscious mind where we're like consciously having this conversation. It's more of the... Um, the non-visible kind of the beliefs and stuff, but that we can actually communicate with it, meaning that we can tap into that and and uncover things and discover and explore and, you know, yeah, that we can communicate with it. It's not this, like, just this thing that exists that we can actually, um, it's something to tap into. I love it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, Mike, takeaways, challenges? Okay, sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> um, actually, like, interesting. Uh, one of my takeaways was, uh, is, 
it was the homework and only because it was a great opportunity for me to learn some things because um, I I kind of like one it was also one of my challenges in the beginning because like I wasn't doing the homework and then so that I like my ego kind of took that as a way of like projecting onto you just oh Jesse's mad at me probably because I didn't do the homework so I'm gonna act all awkward in class a little bit you know or just like these thoughts in my head like oh you know like I'm not participating enough you know the homework and, and you know I'm not doing a good job or whatever so like um but then being able to kind of overcome that too and and like at, at a point just kind of be okay with the fact that I wasn't doing the homework and, and, and you, Jesse, like you were so patient with me in that regard and, and always like took, you know, what I had to say into consideration. So I just felt a lot of like appreciation there. And then like, you know, towards, you know, like after the retreat, you know, like really just feeling inspired to actually do the homework and, and like do it on a whole other level that I had it done before and there were times where like you know I didn't turn the homework in on time but like I you know like I I found myself like some at some point in my life you know just like day to day like slipping into like some thoughts that I didn't want to have and then I'd be like oh maybe you know maybe I need to like do my finish my homework and then send it in late (laughs) you know and so like you know like even though it was also a challenge because, you know, like this week, for example, I wasn't able to do my homework, but like the, there was all the takeaway too, was that like, you know, like I learned something through the homework, not necessarily just doing the homework, but like the bigger picture of like what that represents and like what my ego could take from that and like try to like prevent me from really showing up to class and, and being a hundred percent. And so like, there is a lot of different things about the homework that, you know, like actually like I learned a lot, you know, through the experience of the homework. Um, obviously I'm, you know, like stoked that we're doing the readings and classes and, and then we're doing our own little like writing assignment on the side. Like that seems like a really great compromise. And that's something else that I really took away from it was like, you know, in this beta testing model like you really are taking us all into consideration i know you can't like people please everyone but like i just love your willingness to just like you know try your best to work with us all and you know just really hear us and um you know so like obviously one of the challenges was um homework as well um but then another thing that i took away was obviously echoing everyone else's spiritual community because like at the retreat like there was just something so like something hit me like there when you guys just like I walked in there I was like kind of nervous you know I never met you guys in person and just like the acceptance and the love that you gave me like just right off the bat like I I don't know I just felt so accepted and loved and and uh, took me to a whole another like level of my um, journey. Um, so yeah, beautiful, great. Thanks for sharing. For sure, you are loved. Um, 
And Mike, what does it mean to post guards at the gate of your subconscious mind? Okay, I'm sorry, say that again? What does it mean to post guards at the gate, the gates of your subconscious mind? Um, to post guard at the gates of your subconscious mind kind of means to like use your consciousness as a filter because we know that our subconscious is just a yes machine. So whatever you you feed it through your consciousness, you know, whether that be negative thoughts or positive thoughts, you know, that is what filters in and then, you know, through the consciousness into the subconscious, um, which is kind of like your, you know, your wish is my command kind of yes, yes, yes. Um, so, like, to post guard would be to just, you know, shift your thinking to a more positive level so that what you're feeding your your into your subconscious will, you know, work towards your benefit. Great. Good. Does that also include uh, maybe, like, the music you listen to or the things you watch on TV or <laughs> conversations you engage in? Yeah, uh, yes. Um, yes. That's Beautiful. true. <laughs> Except for Whitney. Right. Except for Whitney Houston is the only yeah. one. Uh, beautiful, beautiful work. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, You're welcome. Lisa, how about you? Uh, takeaways and challenges. Lisa, are you on mute? You might be on mute. Oh, I'm sorry. I was on mute. <laughs> um, yeah. I was just saying that um, the takeaway is that I feel so embraced on every and many different levels. Uh, the reading, I feel embraced by the truth and the the interaction with everybody. Um really really motivates me motivates me and to be able to speak in front of people and, and given opportunities that's so rewarding to me I feel it just makes me happy and um, otherwise I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for this program so it's really it's really made me happy it's uh, being embraced on the retreat, I can't really explain how great that was. Um, I still feel the effects of that. I still, it's, it's like trickling over to my relationships even with other people. So it's just been a real godsend, this whole program. Um, it's just made me a happier person. And I'm so glad that I, I'm involved. It's been a godsend. Uh, the challenge has been just dealing with thoughts that may come up, um, like wondering what people think about me or um, dealing with just worries that 
you know, maybe somebody thinks this about me or that about me. They don't really know me. Um, I think that that's been the real challenge. And um, it's been something I really needed to resolve in my life because you're always going to, that's going to be with everybody until you really resolve that within yourself. That that whole thing of being judged by other people or worrying about it. Um, I think I've come come further in really resolving that issue just by having to go through it. So that's it. Thank you. What does it mean that your subconscious mind is impersonal? Uh, I think that's what Mike said. So he said it very, he said it in a good way is that it just takes the information you're getting, all the thoughts that you're having, it uh, just takes it and, um, and not in a very impersonal way. It just, it doesn't say, well, this is, you know, it doesn't really filter out anything. It just takes what you're thinking and then creates it kind of in the world around you that you see. And it does it all very impersonally, like a machine. Perfect. Beautiful. Love it. All right, Tom, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, what's your take away? What was the challenge? Okay, biggest takeaway was probably, I guess, the with everybody on the retreat and when we're together here, you know, and when when we're in service and that we're working together, my biggest takeaway probably would be that that bonding that we're doing here and that we're in it here, we're in it together, that we're, we're doing it and the work and that we're learning and basically, more than just learning, we're creating. And what is it that we are creating together and creating individually? And that the biggest challenge, I guess, would be to, to keep that realization that, yes, we're here and trying to keep that that going. And uh, as a group, we're keeping it going and keeping it, and I guess, you know, with the homework and stuff, is trying to, the biggest challenge there is trying to just do the writing. Because, see, I'll do the reading, usually the first thing, and then later on I'll have to go back and reread what it is so I can write it down and then find put it on paper really my takeaway on that. Great. Cool. Very cool. And I've uh, sort of run out of questions, specific questions for the subconscious mind. But I think that you're great and I love you. How about that? Um, great, guys. So we have 10 minutes left. 
and uh, I'm going to open it up for questions that you might have about uh, any of the material. Um, and uh, and just a quick reminder to Mar, Mar, just a reminder that you're speaking tomorrow on your five minutes out of the Byron Katie book. Uh, so uh, folks can come support Mar tomorrow. And also, uh, we could use uh, one or two other people to come early tomorrow uh, to help set up and pass out programs. And I get one or two volunteers that could show up and help Tom tomorrow. Mike? Huh? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I, will, uh, I will say this. They will have the streets closed uh, between uh, Santa Mo- on Santa Monica and Sunset between La Brea and uh, Doheny on, uh, because of the, they have a, um, what is this, it's a uh, half it's marathon. another half, half marathon. Is it, is it by Doheny, though? Okay. Um, well, I know I go all the way to, uh, to San Vicente. Okay. Yeah, I don't think to do handy. So I'll, uh, I'm going to put that out in the mail tomorrow. But uh, listen, guys, uh, if you can show up early tomorrow, remember this is part of your commitment as a hospitality ministry. Um, so just email me if you can uh, if you can get there by 1030. Uh, it's appreciated. I actually i am not going to be able to get there uh, until about 11 due to another commitment, and that might be a month-long commitment. So um, uh, I appreciate a little extra help. Um, so, but let's open it up for discussion now. So, uh, uh, any, any questions about the material, any insights, any other ahas that you'd like to share at a group level, anything that you'd like clarity on at a group level, um, the floor is yours. Jesse, this is Sashant. Um, the the question that I have been sort of coming up with or thinking about is this whole like concept of like healing and um, just like through radical forgiveness. Like, yeah, I get it that you know everything is happening for my highest good, and I can see that experience playing out and stuff. But like, you know, like hearing in terms of um, like oh you you know that's that's up for healing or that's up for healing and you know this is like you you know you have to work a little bit on that because that isn't healed yet and stuff so can you talk a little bit about that in terms of how that you know yes like how so, yeah um Actually, I'm going to let Amina talk about that. Come on, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that mean when something's up for healing or you haven't healed that yet? What does that mean? 
how can we work with that? To me, what comes to mind, well, as we were saying before, everything that happens in our lives, every single situation is an opportunity. And when we trust that everything is working for our good and everything is available for us to to learn something from, to practice something. Um, And so healing is part of that. And so if there's something that needs to be healed, we will have the opportunity in different ways to work on it and working towards the healing. And it might be instant and it might take some time, but every situation is an opportunity to move towards that letting go of a pattern or dropping a habit or changing our consciousness, you know, making an effort, a conscious effort to shift our thinking and to heal a situation that has been disturbing us, plaguing us, consuming us, diverting us, whatever it is. Yeah, beautiful. So on a group level, what is the only thing that ever needs to be healed? Our consciousness. Yep. Or our thoughts. Our, our, yeah. our starts with a P. Beliefs. Sorry? It starts with, it starts with a P. Our P. perception. Our perception, yeah. Our perception, yeah. So, and what is, we just discussed it, what is the definition of our consciousness? What is our consciousness? The sum total of our thoughts and beliefs. Yeah, the sum total of our thoughts. The sum total of our thoughts. So, Sushant, when something is up for healing, and if the only thing that can ever need to be healed is our thoughts or thinking, uh, and as a result of healing, we shift our consciousness. When something is keeps coming up, that means there's a thought that you have not released yet. And that thought, you know, um, our thoughts, our collection of thoughts, you know, create our beliefs. And so oftentimes, how do we heal our beliefs, even the beliefs that are active in our subconscious? We address our thinking, our thoughts. And so if something is up, meaning I feel uncomfortable, I feel sad, I feel angry, I feel whatever, it's because you are perceiving something, you are, you are operating through a misperception. And so it's up so that you will go into inquiry, the inquiry being why am I upset? What is what is making me feel uncomfortable? And then uh, inevitably you will uh, you will discover a belief, an active belief system or a group of thoughts that are ready to be changed. And they're saying it's up for healing, meaning your commitment to live in love, your commitment to experience the spiritual qualities of God, the qualities of God, is, uh, is more, uh, is taking a deeper priority in your life. And so the stuff that isn't resonant, false perceptions, beliefs, thoughts, whatever, come to the surface to create comfort. And that discomfort is our um, indicator that we're believing something that isn't true. And so we're grateful for that discomfort because it's bringing to the surface these thoughts that are no longer serving us. They're no longer serving our commitment to live in love. And so then we get to go into the inquiry by using the tools that we are getting here 
to go through those thoughts and release them. So that's what it means by there's still, you know, healing that needs to happen. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Yeah, very clearly. I think, like, the thought stuff about, you know, releasing the thoughts really um, made it very clear for me. So thank you. Thank you, Amina. So uh, next week, guys, um, unless there is like a medical situation, uh, attendance is mandatory because uh, we're going to be doing our final exam. We're going to experiment with that format. Um, So reach out if there absolutely is no way you can do it and we'll create a um, we'll create an alternative but until then let's all take a deep breath in and on the exhale let's place a hand on our heart now let's go once more to that grateful space so grateful for the opportunity to heal that which is calling us to heal so grateful to connect with our brothers and sisters in sacred space to be the two or more who are coming together with the shared intention of experiencing a greater awareness of love in and as our life and on this planet. Yes. And so we release right now, cut the cords to any belief system, any thoughts that no longer serve our commitment to live in love. Anything that doesn't support feelings of peacefulness and freedom, thoughts of lack, shame, resentment, thoughts of unworthiness. We release them now. We place them on the altar in our mind so that we may alter our perception of them. We're grateful for the opportunities it supported us to grow, but now we are complete, for we are standing in the truth of who we are. And the truth is that we are one with our creator, the divine, and all the qualities of the divine are active and available in us now. And we name them freedom, brilliance, beauty, creativity, prosperity, abundance, radiance, and light. Yes, we are light beings. We know that. We accept that. And we declare it now as the truth of who we are. And knowing it as the truth of who we are, we know that it is the truth of everyone. So we share all the healing benefits of this knowingness everyone, all our brothers and sisters, because we are one with them. And we release this word. We allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Beauties, your only homework this week is to review whatever material you'd like to that we've gone over. And I look so forward to seeing you uh, maybe today uh, at 4 p.m. at the Heart Center. Series. Satnam is doing his three-week series on prosperity starting today. I'm going to be there. It's going to be great. Um, and then uh, tomorrow, Sunday, Mar is doing her thing. And again, please, uh, if you can, make a little space. Let me know. And uh, we'd love to have you there at 1030 tomorrow a.m. I love you all, and I will talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.